0: And, uh, it was a good segue into the next discussion, which involved, um, um, exploring the tattva of Brahma and, and of course related to the fact that, uh, we often refer to our sampradaya as the Brahma Madhva Gaudiya sampradaya, so the role of Brahma. And we also then also discussed the, the kind of the place of the Brahma Mohan Leela uh, within Gaudi Vaishnavism and within other sampradayas and its place in the Bhagavatam and the central theme um, of Tattva that it uh, focuses on. There was, was some interesting discussions and, uh, Some questions and so forth. That said, I didn't give the devotees much time to ask any questions, uh, except after the third class. So I think they may have some. And it was requested of me that I uh, allow the devotees who are here to ask questions. See if they have any before we take any from the group that is online. And And if uh, you
1: can repeat all the questions after you get them you know, when they ask the question okay. to repeat them on the...
0: Okay. So is Padmanamara set up? He
1: is on, yes, he's set up and okay.
0: he's... Excuse me.
1: Oh, good. Hi. Is that from Madhavan?
0: Oh, yeah. We we have, we planted, you know, over 100, 100 coconuts a few years ago. And wow. Probably got 10,000 coconuts uh, coming. Wow. You should, we should start
1: a business with those.
0: Yeah, we have one. Picking them. Just enough. the a price. So uh, we'll go ahead and we go ahead and entertain. Yeah, go ahead
1: and take the questions
0: from the group here. No pressure, but if so. Nothing's coming to the fore in the immediate. So, if you have any questions there, I think we can take
1: them. We do have a question from Ganga Shakti. Um, and she wrote it in the, in the chat. So, I'll just read it. She said, um, Jill Prabhupada often writes that we have to realize that we are not the body. While this is understandable as a mental concept, it is not easy to understand on a deeper level and live in accordance to it. Could you please give some suggestions about how to gradually advance in this process?
0: And where is uh questioning that from? Yeah. She, Eunik. Yeah. She's
1: on. She is on the call, but she wanted yeah. to write it in
0: well yes this was uh, an emphasis of Prabhupada, um that there is a difference between the self and the body or that we are not the body was kind of a mantra of his if you will it's uh, it's worth noting that the 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 difference between the atma the self and the body and the likeness between atma and brahman Mm-hmm. um or the delimited, or I should say, uh, uh, undifferentiated feature of the Absolute are not, um an emphasis, were, were not an emphasis in Godi at the time in which uh, the Sampradaya was, um uh, being established by the founding charges. Of course, the reason for that is, on the first uh, part, is that everybody in India was under the impression that you were not the body. From you know, that's uh, every school of Vedanta teaches that. The Sankhya school teaches that. The Karma Mimamsa school, all the, all the systems of philosophy that were pr- 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 prominent at the time, other than Charvaka materialism, which just didn't have much of a voice at all. Um, all posited this um, idea that there's a difference that consciousness is not um, does not have a biological uh, foundation, hmm? that it's independent of the body, bi- body, mind complex, that it is independent of time, uh, the time space, if you will. Uh, uh, perspective. Um, so. For that reason, it wasn't emphasized comparatively, um, to comparative, comparative, what other themes were emphasized. And the, and the likeness between the Atman and Brahman was not emphasized either because that is the emphasis of the Advaitins, um, in particular to an extreme and to a point that we disagree with while we say it's a likeness. Um, there's a difference at the same time, and 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 that's an important emphasis on um, the part of the, of the is Now, uh, so the emphasis w- w- was largely on uh, other other themes, if you will. But coming to the modern times, and campaign in in uh, New lands, if you will. Um he didn't make that. Uh first part, an emphasis. Obviously he made the second part an emphasis too. There's the difference between the Atma and Brahman, um for good reasons. Nirvishesha Sunya Badi he like himself like to refer to himself, um dismantling or dismissing the Advaitin perspective on the absolute and on the nature of the self but he emphasized that you're not uh, the difference between the body and the self and um um this is a sattvic uh perspective and the gita mentions that there are other ideas about the self that are rajasic or thomasic we can find them in other religious traditions in the abrahamic religious traditions there seems to be some confusion from our point of view, from the subject point of view, about the the, the nature of the self. Is it the body? Is it the mind? Is it the emotions? Uh, I was listening to a Catholic priest not long ago speaking about what happens after death and what what leaves. And just, you know, the emotional self is what leaves the body and, and goes to heaven and so on and so forth. Um, and while we agree that the emotional self, the psychic self goes to the next body, <laughs> Uh, uh the idea is to get beyond uh, that psychic dimension of matter uh, as well as the gross dimension and enter into uh, transcendence itself but beyond body mind and so forth. So um, um so Prabhupada um emphasized this idea and and i think his emphasis on it was uh was inspiring and he gave simple examples to try to illustrate it like i say this is my body and therefore if it's my body who am i i I must be different than the body and so forth. these type of uh explanations resonated with us they're rather simplistic they're They're in one sense kind of a common sense outlook, but um, uh, at the present time, of course, something that was percolating in Prabhupada's time but had not gained a lot of ground was the uh, scientific and philosophically, it's a scientifically informed philosophical community of the Western world, Um, um, uh, what was percolating and which is prominent now is uh, a. um, um, The attempt, I should say, to uh, reduce consciousness and the mind, for that matter, to the brain, And and by that, uh, establish definitively with observable evidence that there's nothing but physical forces that exist. There's no self. There's all illusion, emotions. um, There's no religion. There's no God. There's nothing supernatural. There's only the natural world, only the physical world. It it goes, goes by different names, many different names, many different versions. And so, uh, I, th- I think, you know, with the, with the beginning of the 20th century, early part of the 20th century, and the shift from quanta, from like uh, uh, Newtonian perspective of the world, Newtonian perspective of the world was that the world is like a clock, like a machine. It just works. And maybe there's a God, you know, but whatever, he, he may have set it up, but he's not involved, intervening in it, making, having a uh, a part uh, to, to play, and neither is anything else. There's just strong and weak nuclear forces. There's magnetic uh, forces of gravitational pull, and these are the four, you know, main, is what's going on. Everything's happening um, by those uh, forces. Consciousness wasn't, was really like, huh? There's nothing that wasn't something to consider. But, uh, with the shift from, uh, Newtonian perspective to a quantum physics perspective, which has been resisted by the scientific community quite a bit because it just doesn't like, it's, it's paradigm shift. So it's, it, it, it it's, it's, uh, it's troublesome. If you will, but the shift has happened. I mean, I think over 60 percent of the economy in the world today is driven by by a quantum perspective as to the nature of the world, even though nobody understands it. <clears throat> um, you know, the, I'm getting a little bit adrift here, but the point I'm making is that that uh, uh, in uh, by the time of by the 60s and the early 70s, this is becoming a little more of a uh, issue. What is the nature of consciousness? Consciousness, because if you look at the world from a quantum perspective, well, the, the observer, you know, comes into the picture because. Oh, the whether something is a is a what is it? A. a, 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 a a wave or a particle. Well, it depends who's looking at it. That's a crude way of, of saying it, obviously. Uh So the observer. And so then this idea of the observer having a role to play in and and then Eastern influence coming to the Western world. And suddenly you had a scientist like Fritjof Capra writing The Tao of Physics. Which was heretical from a scientific point of view, but gained a lot of ground nonetheless. Um, and, and as time has gone on from there, the Western scientific and, and scientifically informed philosophical community has found this to be a very challenging, interesting, and challenging uh, subject. And because the, the, the principal drift within that philosophical community is that materialism as a philosophy is the reality of physicalism, naturalism, there's nothing supernatural. There's no soul. There's no, you know, there's no colors really. Uh, there's no, there's just physical forces moving. Hmm. When speak of no God, there's no red, there's no blue, you know? So it's a pretty, uh, you know, flat earth kind of a, uh, uh, perspective in, in, in my opinion, but it's, uh, it's prominent and, and has a lot of energy because the scientific community with its experimentation and, and, and the data derived from it, and so forth, so forth has retired a lot of other ideas, superstitious ideas about how things work, um, like take medicine, for example, uh, instead of going to the shaman, you know, they're to go to the doctor and get, um, you know, some get their vaccine. <laughs> uh, so, uh, a few shamans holding out out there, but, um, but, um, um, for, you know, a lot of reasons, they, they, they have a lot of energy, a lot of faith, if you will, based on, uh, data. And so forth. But the big challenge that they have met is to try to reduce consciousness to matter. Try to reduce experiential reality to non experiential reality. And try to show how experiential reality comes out of non experiential reality. That's a pretty tough thing to do because there's nothing in non experiential reality. That resembles in any way, shape, or form experienced experience. In fact, you I'll say it, you cannot get experience out of a non-experience. Hmm? You can't get an experiencing reality out of a non-experiencing reality. So they've got a tall hill uh to climb, but every week there's a new theory out about how consciousness is is you know just part of the brain and so on and so forth. So it's interesting. And Prabhupada was uh, emphasizing this point at a time when this was percolating and just starting to begin. And although he gives simple examples, it was very convincing to ourselves, persons like myself. He also gave us a practice, which is what your question is about, um, a practice by which we could get experience of that. Hmm. Now, um, to be honest with you, the, the the practice was not something separate from bhakti that you would practice. That I'm not the body. You might have, and a lot of devotees may have, and try to eat less and sleep less. And sometimes they say, ask them how old they are. They say, my body is this old, you know, and and this, but my body this, my body that, and 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 in their mind, you know, they they kind of try to separate it. Sometimes it becomes problematic hmm? because. That's my body over there, and I'm over here, and I don't take care of my body. And, uh, well, the next thing you know, they don't have a, a vehicle that's healthy enough to to um, for them to apply themselves in the practice, and they're distracted, and so on and so forth. Um, so, emphases at different times and different places may be useful, and over time, We may find that they may have been misunderstood, misapplied, and, uh, we need to emphasize in a different way. Another way in which this, you're not the body has been kind of misapplied, I think, by some of Prabhupada's disciples, maybe grand disciples, also great grand disciples, whatever, is, is the, is that, um, because it is such an emphasis within the Gyanmarg. It's like the be all and end all of the Gyanmarg. It's just like, you know, included within bhakti as you don't even have to talk about it, so to speak, hardly. Um, but, uh, be, be, because it, it, it is so central to Gyan, there can be a and I've seen it jian, a tendency for a gyan oriented perspective of bhakti to take uh, precedence. So there will be an emphasis, for example, on vairagya, on renunciation. It's extreme, um, after all, because in the gyanmarg, vairagya, or detachment, and the culture ongoing, up front, of detachment, is an angle, or a limb, of that discipline. Hmm? Vairagya, detachment, is not, by contrast, an anga of bhakti. It's a byproduct of bhakti. Mm-hmm. So, but if your bhakti is kind of a, uh, influenced by, by Gyan, then you can be factoring in long fasting, austerities. Uh, I mean, the Gyanis to practice Vairagya will do things like, uh, sit in uh, in front of a fire at midday in June. You know, in the Rajasthani desert, and say hot, cold; these are all perceptions of the mind, and I'm going to realize it. Or in January, to go into the you know, into up to Hardwar hard and the uh, and the uh, enter into the into the Ganga up to your neck at, at midnight, and um, and they do these things. So, so this is this is this is a way in which there's a practice. To realize that you're not the body, but it's not very user friendly. Mm-hmm. And as I say, by contrast, in bhakti, this realization is a byproduct of applying oneself within bhakti. Mm-hmm. And so, your question is about how, you know, what should I, do? what can I do to realize that I'm not the body? Uh, how shall I think about it? Well, another way to think about it is to think, I am the body. Now, I know that sounds Antithetical, but, uh, (laughs) but, uh, there's a couple ways in which it's true. Um, my body is an extension of my consciousness. Hmm? So it's me. (laughs) It's nothing but me. Hmm? Um, gross matter comes out of subtle matter and they both come out of, you know, consciousness. So if my consciousness is, is material, then it's going to take a shape. Hmm? And that's my shape to my consciousness. Now that that consciousness is different than the fact that I am consciousness. It's a shade of consciousness covering my consciousness self, if you will. Right? It's cont- let's say call it as Prabhupada has at times contaminated consciousness, chitta, hmm? contaminated consciousness. Uh, so. So to purify the consciousness, this is darpana Dharpana what Mahaprabhu was described, but his Namsam Kirtan. This is the beginning of his teaching, right? Uh, so it's the same thing. It says you're not the body, chitta Dharpana Marjan, to cleanse the Chitta, hmm, the, 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 the internal organ, if you will, the subtle body that, on which impressions are registered, hmm, um, that, uh, that have an impact on what I do and so forth. So to change your, your, um, impressions of the, that you imbibe and to, uh, imbibe only impressions of bhakti hmm, through participating in the different angas of bhakti, which are very pleasing, like hearing chanting, going to festivals, honoring Bhagavad Prasad. Sounds a little nicer than, you know, going in the Ganga in the middle of the winter up to your neck. Hmm? Uh, to, to absorb oneself in these things it, it, it is, it is to also say that I am this body by way of saying, I am not a mukta, a liberated soul. I am not a siddha, hmm. but by the grace of my guru and the Vaishnavas, I am also not a buddha jeev. Hmm. The opposite, materially con- conditioned. Well, what am I then? I'm a sadhaka. What a beautiful idea. And I have a sadhaka deha. Deha means body. So my body is the body of the sadhaka. Hmm? I should take care of it. Hmm? Remember when I was young in, in the in the new of the Los Angeles temple, we used to sleep on the floor, 30, 40 brahmacharis every night. And, uh, and uh, and then there was this big bin with clothes in it, and he would go and close your eyes and reach in, whatever you pulled up. that's what you would wear for the day. That was supposed to be I'm off this body, renunciation, and so forth. There were some downsides to that, um, but <laughs> but I remember one day looking in the mirror to put tea lock on, and I, and and I was so putting the tea lock on. I was thinking I was re- reflecting on how the gopis must decorate themselves with such care. And so forth, um, uh, and um, how different that was than you know closing your eyes to reach into the bin to pull something out, and, and, I, and I really had a shift in my 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 thinking. And I mean, this is a, this is body. Of course, it's not a not a siddhaswarup uh, in lila, but it's a sadhika day that's the vehicle to take me there. Hmm? And Mahaprabhu says in Chaitanya Charitamrita me when you get Diksha Kale, at the time of Diksha, then you get a, uh, a, a new body. That's what I'm talking about. A, a daya. Now it's a work in progress. So with the body made up of senses, that those senses are in touch with sense objects. The more they're in touch with sense objects, in, in, uh, in the pursuit of Pleasing the senses of Krishna through that contact, the more the sadhaka day it becomes spiritualized, and the more it's in touch with sense objects for uh, for inadvertently fostering the, the the idea that I am you know uh, American or Indian or Swedish or or Bulgarian uh, you know Latin American North American then the more that uh, illusory identity is going to be fostered so it's it's so the saddick, it's a you know, it 's a work in progress, especially anishta, before the practice becomes very fixed up and and the primary um distractions have been cleansed away by hmm. this again chetahharpan and cleansing the chitta then uh then you know there's a learning curve so before nishtas means you're going straight now the road. Is, is stri- it's straight, but it's not narrow either. <laughs> it's straight, but it's not narrow. Prior to that it's not straight. It's like it's kind of like Whoa. it's kinda like I'm going up and I'm going down. If you were to wanted to climb to, you know, Jemunotri or Gangotri at the top of the Himalayas, you have to go through the foothills, so you're gonna go like this. So sometimes you're going down, and you think, what's going on here? I'm going down. <laughs> But they look from the bigger picture. This guru suspects everything's okay. <laughs> it's okay. You'll get. You're going. You're going up in the in gradual way, mm-hmm. um, and we learn from going down also. So, so there is a learning curve that we call anishta, budhna You know, we can't uh, beat ourselves up too much over that. Mm-hmm. Neither can we abuse the fact that that's the place we're in, and and and. And uh, not strive to um, straighten the road out, so to speak. But the interesting thing is that in the in the anishta stage, where the road's not straight, it's narrow hmm? because it's followed by rules and regulations, and it, it's it, the understanding is very limited. Hmm? And there's we may be subjected to we where it's understanding the rule but not the purpose behind it, and that's part of the reason why we're going down instead of up. And so on and so forth. But when we get to Nishtha, this stage, then the road is straight. It's clear. Mm-hmm. It's like you went to the top of the mountain, and now you can see the valley, frame on the other side, you know where to go. But it's not narrow. The road is straight, but it's not narrow because rules have turned into realizations, mm-hmm. and and the multi-meaning to be drawn from the texts. That makes it as dynamic. The text as it is, living as it is, and so forth. Is, is, is like, you know, exploding in your mind every day and, uh, you're, you're pressed to talk about it and whatever, share it with somebody and, uh, and, uh, just you know, to be preoccupied with it. So, um, so I, so our struggle is then to get from anishta to, 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 to nishta and have consistent experience hmm, of, uh, not only the fact that I'm an Atma, hm, but of bhakti also. Some, some of the, the re, re relief uh, from suffering, hm, this is part of sadhana bhakti. What is the term? Peshadni, Peshadni. Relief from suffering. But there's also ananda of bhakti hmm, coming in, hm um so uh, it 's a long answer to your question but i but what really um what i 'm saying again is that the, the, there's no specific practice to practice to your not your body but to practice instead that my body belongs to Krishna, and I should take good care of it for his service hmm? um, uh, one time uh thought uh, uh, anecdote comes to my mind, Pujapatida related that um uh, Professor Sanyal, I forget his initiated name, but sometimes some of Bhakti Siddhanta disciples went by their secular names because they have doctorates or professor degrees and this and that. And that would hold, uh, have some power in the community. Hmm? If Dr. So-and-so was writing this as a Vaishnava, BA and MA and PhD and, and so forth. But he had a spiritual name too i forget doc professor Sanyal, and he was uh, he was involved in the publications He was very dedicated to bhakti Sadddan sarsti takur but uh, the anecdote is that he was he was fasting very uh, minimizing bodily concerns to an extreme and one night um it appeared almost as if he would 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 pass away or something like that. I forget all the details. There's either Pujapachitam or someone else who said to him, look, you know, you're know, you looking at it the wrong way here. You know, that body belongs to Prabhupada Bhakti Siddhanta. You better take care of it. Mm-hmm. He's got things to do for you, with you. I'll give you another example that comes to mind. And that is Sanat Goswami felt that his body was offensive because it had broken out in open sores, And when he came to Jagannath Puri, he was afraid that Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, controlled by affection for his devotees as he was, would embrace him. As he had in the past. Hmm? And he felt, oh, my body is unfit for that. But Mahaprabhu understood his mind and embraced his body and all the sores went away. And then he said, don't think like that. When he, what he was thinking, he was going to throw himself under the Rathiatra cart. Hmm? He said, no, I have many things to do through your body. Hmm? <laughs> uh, uh, so you have to take care of it. Hmm? So this, the, uh, the, uh, 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 there is you can think I am the body and this is my sadakadeya. It's it, 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 it's it, it's a body that I've got now for serving Krishna and it belongs to him um, uh, and so forth. These are positive ways to look at that and um and and then to you know to apply yourself in bhakti it, by which jani asudevi bhagavati bhaktio very quickly, renunciation, vairagya, and knowledge will come as servants to the bride of bhakti if you embrace bhakti through good association. Understand better how to embrace the ambas of bhakti and apply them in your life. It doesn't matter whether you're a householder. You think, no, it's hard. I'm a householder. It's hard for a monk, too. Uh, and the, the way to do that will be slightly different. Mm-hmm. How to give yourself entirely to Krishna. Mm-hmm. Bhakti Vinod says simply, you know, take shelter of the holy name. That's for everybody. But um, how to dedicate yourself completely as a monk in Bhakti will be slightly different than how you will as a householder. Just to give a simple example, the household is going to be earning some livelihood. So beyond um, what he or she needs, um for their sustenance and from some reasonable form of recreation, <clears throat> as Krishna says in the Bhagavad Gita, Yukta you have to be balanced in eating, sleeping, and playing. Sometimes Prabhupada would say, "Okay, let's stop and mm-hmm. a joke, okay. something like that." He would do that. Mm-hmm. So um, we didn't always understand that. I would say, but that was the problem. So. So at any rate, um, um, balanced and such um, and um, and and beyond then reasonable amount of recreation, which might be different for different types of householders. Also, mm-hmm. um, then your funding will go to help, uh, you know, projects like uh, like publishing books, opening a temple, serving the deity. That's your fun fun money, so to speak. Whereas the monk is not earning any money. Um so you know, they're different, but they they have um the situations are not more necessarily more or less conducive for bhakti when bhakti is properly understood. Easier said than done. Hmm. Um but we try to explain it. <laughs> as best we can in a wholesome way and uh, so that you'll be (laughs) happy and healthy and um, not end up with some kind of neurosis about it Um, and you will realize that you um, you're eternal you'll experience that you're eternal Um, that should be a beginning thing Mm -hmm. You experience it. I'm eternal. What can I say about it? You can't. You can't say anything but that. You have to experience it. I'm eternal. I know it. I've experienced it by absorption and bhakti. Hmm? And this is the maybe the you know the primary aspect of the atma. Therefore, that's what's emphasized in the Bhagavad Gita when Krishna talks about it. His whole discourse to Arjuna in the second chapter is about the sat feature of the atma. Hmm? Which is in contrast to matter. It exists. It's real. It's eternal. Mm-hmm. Now it has a potential for ananda and for knowing also. It's obviously not all knowing or it wouldn't be in that position. Mm-hmm. But it has the potential to know. It has the potential to, 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 to taste joy. And it would be joyful to know itself also in as much as, well, you just ended all the problems of life that are all arising out of bodily identification. Identification with things that don't endure, mm-hmm. in pursuit of enduring happiness, and enduring life, recipe for for problems. The happiness of material life is the beginning of of distress. Does mm-hmm. Krishna say in the Gita? He says suffering, attachment is the womb from which suffering is born. True. Very Buddhistic. Who also said a similar thing. He's a, he's an incarnation of Krishna, no problem. But again, as I began in bhakti, we don't advance by detachment. Well, you just said attachment's the problem. Now I'm going to say to you, but we don't. But we don't advance as I did before. We don't advance by practicing detachment, but we advance by practicing attachment. But it's attachment to Krishna hmm? by sadhusanga. Hmm? In Bhakti you can have friends. In Gyan, you can't have friends. In yoga, you can't have friends. Hmm? So the more, you know, the merrier. And um the more and, and, and there's help. Huh? So uh, we want to become attached to Vaishnavas of consequence. This is our only problem. But someone of consequence, is anyone of spiritual consequence thinking about me? That should be my concern. Hmm? I should act in such a way that I will not, that my guru or the Vaishnavas will not become indifferent to me. Hmm? Thinking, oh, he's hopeless. What can I do? Hmm? Prabhu was happy to be corrected publicly by his guru because he thought, well, at least he cares about me. So, so attachment to such people, that's not hard. right? Hmm? To Krishna, that should be cultivated. Hmm? And... And that you're not the body will be a byproduct. Once I, once I asked Prabhupada, I said, Prabhupada, you know, I was involved very much in distributing his books. So I was sitting with him. I said, Prabhupada, just by distributing books will I realize that I'm not the body? He said, he will have already realized that. Hmm? I said, okay, I loved it. So he said, because you are engaged like that, that is, that is not a bodily activity. This is, this is an kirtan. So, so, um, it, it kind of, it happens unnoticed. It's not a big deal. In the bigger picture of what <laughs> of what's going on in Godya Vaishnavism. To understand it, not the body is a small thing. Uh, when, for example, Rupa Goswami says to realize Brahman, which is more than to realize Atma. If you could take the bliss of that and multiply it a trillion fold, it wouldn't compare to the bliss of a tiny atomic particle of brain. And brain is the preogen, the goal. So hear about the friends of Krishna. Hear about the lovers of Krishna, the family of Krishna, the people of Braj. Hmm? Read Raghunath Das Goswami's become acquainted. Who is Purnamasi? Who is Nanda Baba? What is Nanda Gram? Who is Jashoda? Who is Galita Vishako? Who is Sridham? Who is Subal? Who is Rakta? Become acquainted with these people. These are the these are the Ragatmikas. These are the people who who exemplify the ideal that we seek to uh, um, attain. Hmm? Become acquainted with them. Attached to that idea, which is not hard. It's very attractive. And and harbor that idea and then apply yourself appropriately for attaining that ideal by giving up the things that are not favorable for for bhakti. And accepting the things that are favorable for bhakti. This is our renunciation. This is our vairagya. Yukta vairagya. If it's not favorable, favorable for bhakti, I should give it up. Hmm? Now, you know, we have to practice that. That, that is sharanagati. That is a, that is the beginning kind of limb of sixfold sharanagati to culture that. Hmm? Uh, So, I mean, that's a long answer. Um, and, and it's an interesting one. Given the, the times in which we live, as I said earlier, because now this is a very hot topic, a sexy topic in philosophy in the West and in the scientific community. What is consciousness? What is, what, what, we're the holy grail in the brain that like, conscious feeling starts to happen, which is like in a non-feeling thing, feeling comes out. It's like they want to say they want to take this magic and superstitious thinking out of out of life, and meanwhile they expect to believe that at some point something that's non-experiencing is going to start experiencing. You're going to hit a billiard ball with a cue, and it's going to say, "Hey, you know, could you put a little chalk on it?"
1: Mm-hmm.
0: If that's not magical thinking, I don't know what is. Mm-hmm. So they're they're superstitious as you could possibly get. Now they're they're deceived by the evidence that they have in terms of what they call progress, some of which is progressive, relatively speaking. Um, but it, 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 it's it's, uh, it's deceiving in terms of the idea, the hope, the promise, the post-dated check that such pursuits under themselves will solve all the problems of life. Everybody's still dying. Everybody's still getting sick. Everybody's still being reborn. Of course, they don't accept that, but um, so, so yeah, it, it's a very interesting topic, and it's interesting to note how 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 hard it is for them to uh, reduce consciousness to matter. They, they, they can't they can't do it. Some people are starting to give up in that community even, and they've moved to a pan psychic perspective, which is originally this, this you know found in Vedanta. They have. Your own ideas of panpsychism, the idea that the consciousness is everywhere. It's, it's 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 a fundamental feature of nature. It's not just something that boing, appeared in the evolution of the human human brain. are um, all interesting arguments um, um, that are out there and, and the point being, I'm saying this is really an interesting topic and probably was addressing it in a simple kind of a simplistic way by saying you're not the body and kind of grounding us. In that understanding and then in practices of bhakti, if we applied ourselves would give us experience of that, which is most confirming. You can philosophize about it all you want. And that may help you to keep your head and your mind and your intelligence from being swayed to, 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 to dictate or contemplate actions in another direction. Hmm? Knowledge proper use of intelligence will have to corral us, so to speak, in practicing bhakti. Lust can be found in the body, can be found in the mind, can be found seated also in the intellect. It has to be uprooted. So at any rate, um yes, he, he, the practice, which gives you the, the, some little experience, this is very, very confirming and should compel us for uh Dipping a little further than just our toe into the ocean of bhakti rasa. So I know that's a long answer. It seems maybe I didn't give you a, like silver bullet exactly what to do today. You know, turn left and uh, go to street 108 and you'll you know realize you're not the body. But this is how we think about it in, in bhakti. Hmm? So. Did you have a question? Yes, uh, there's a yeah. follow up question here. Yes. Uh, okay. uh, well, one common critique of dualism between matter and consciousness is that there's substantial unclarity over how something immaterial as consciousness could influence the material body for instance. Yeah. So what would the Godia
1: reply be?
0: Did you hear the question?
1: Can you repeat it
0: The question in modern philosophy is that is that uh well Descartes to go back to him he 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 made the argument that 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 uh, that the mind was his argument is different than the body, and he thought only humans had minds hmm? and and I guess he thought mind was the soul he was a religious person too of sorts um and so he created uh, this dualism between mind and body, hmm? It um, was a very crude, you know, cogito ergo sum. You know, I think, therefore I am. But nobody else is. Uh, so this distanced humans who followed that from nature, separated them from nature. We're different. We have a mind. We really are. And and he thought, that being religious, that that meant well, you know, we're eternal. And so nature is just there to rape and pillage and do whatever you want with. For human purposes, this is the beginning of the environmental crisis. Interestingly enough, of course, in India, they also posited that you are not. that there's a difference between con, some schools like ours, a difference between consciousness and matter. But they also uh, posited there's a difference between consciousness and mind. Hmm? And so there's, there's three categories there, consciousness, mind and body. The former, the first being categorically different than the other two, which are both different divisions within matter, Hmm? subtle matter, gross matter, psychic matter, physical matter. And in making in positing that idea, of course, they at the same time didn't separate humanity from the entirety of nature because they posited that this consciousness is everywhere. In the plants, in the animals, in the stones, and, uh, so, so it was a panpsychic perspective. So it it it, it was very environmentally sensible, and um, it posited you know a, a, having regard for nature, which uh, would be personified as gods and goddesses, and create temples for the river god and for the sun god, and so on and so forth. They show gratitude for nature and its and bounty, and as I often say, if you love someone, you know they'll tell you all their secrets. So nature has a secret, and the secret of nature is that it has a soul. And that's you. Mm-hmm. So this is the karma mark. How you gradually start to move towards beyond mm-hmm. by being religious, and grateful, to understand, to get the gift back that you're that you're not human. You're you're actually you, you transcend the limits of humanity, and you have a prospect in the world of consciousness to love. So on and so forth. So, quite a difference between the the epiphany of Descartes that there's a difference between the mind and the body, and something similar dualism, if you will, in in, in the schools of Vaishnavism. Now, modern philosophical, scientifically informed, uh, if you will, philosophy doesn't like this dualism. And the question. Uh, That's been asked uh, is is why they don't like it. That if something material and another thing is immaterial, spiritual, how can the immaterial thing influence the material? answer this question, and so dualism has has they have more and more tried to retire this dualism. Just forget that. this. This doesn't make any sense. Hmm? Now I've written about this in, in in this argument in my book Sacred Preface. I did a whole section on this um, this particular argument. So it, it could be a long answer. I don't want to go into, but um, one of the things, well, a couple of points come to mind. Uh, the the question is how to reply to this argument. Hmm? Well, uh, one of the ways to reply to this is that because the argument is, how can the mind, which is immaterial, influence something that is or, or non-physical? Have a influence over something that is physical. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the ways in which we would answer that particular question framed like that is that, no, you don't understand mind and mad, uh, psychic and physical are both part of the same thing. They are just different categories uh, within the same thing. Hmm? I mean, we may not satisfy them, but that—that that is our teaching. In other words, mind is influencing matter. Uh, matter, psychic matter influences physical matter. They're both matter. Hmm? So, what's the problem? Hmm? Um, but the problem is that, well, you know, like I said earlier, well, we see that there's gravity, or we can't see it, but we see you know, it seems to happen. We see, we see, uh, you know, electric, and mag, and strong and weak nuclear forces, and, and so on, forces of nature. But we don't see mental uh, forces influencing physical, the physical world. Uh, I think that that, um, that what they're looking for is a force and an influence that is physical. They're looking for a force that we say at the onset is not physical. In terms of physicality. That doesn't make a lot of sense. You follow me? In other words, we don't see it. Well, maybe it's unseeable <laughs> to begin with, hmm? but we don't see it. Yeah, well, I know we said that you can't see it. It's an unseen force, but we don't see it. That, you know, that kind of reply doesn't make a lot of sense, but we can't measure it. Right. Right. We know that it's immeasurable. It, 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 right. Um So now what some people have done who don't like the materialistic idea have moved towards the paranormal and tried to find examples in the paranormal realm where where mind is influencing matter, where there's telepathy, mm, um, where there is um, um, telekinesis, telekinesis, where there's levitation, mm, um, and so on and so forth. And to be honest with you, there are some very good examples of this. Mm-hmm. There's a man, a lady, I forget their name, a married couple who wrote a book called Irreducible Mind. Mm-hmm. And one of the chapters in the book is is these are well-educated Western-speaking philosophical people. Um, they one of the chapters is about a number of of examples in the realm of the paranormal over the centuries in the West, mm-hmm. but to speak of India where that stuff goes on all the time, right? Um, uh, uh, of of um, well, what we call miracles, right? Uh, levitation. They, they cite one one famous priest, one saint, Catholic saint, the flying saint. I forget what his name was. We mentioned him the other day. Somebody looked him up, and he, he, there is just just many, you know, examples. But these these kind of examples, they're going to be few and, and far between, and they, they, so there's a tendency to dismiss them well, there must be some other explanation for them. We don't have to deal with it. There's not enough of that data to force us to deal with it. Or you have that fellow, Stevenson, I think his name was, who did all this research on um, reincarnation and interviewed all these people who could remember their previous lives. and stuff like, like, you know, Gurnishta, my disciple, his... was his brother? Nephew. His nephew remembers... Guru Nishta was his mother in Bengal in the past life. He knows details and everything like that. Hmm? So examples like that, there are lots of them. He researched all this, collected all this data and so forth. Uh, but, you know, he wasn't well funded for that, wasn't much appreciated. He was going down, you know, uh, going uh, off the deep end. But for that matter, it was thought that Newton went off the deep end when he started to talk about gravity. They thought, uh-oh, he's going back to the occult. Because how can, how can something, the only way that things move in the world is if one physical object strikes another physical object. Obviously. And he's saying that there's this invisible stuff called gravity that makes things move. You know? It's holding the whole thing together. So they thought, oh, he's drifting to the occult, but they, they couldn't, you know, figure it out. But in time, it just got integrated into some. Yeah, was grabbed. Okay, <laughs> we'll go on from here. Um, so, so there are some uh, some good examples. There's not many enough, you know, to turn the paradigm around uh, on its head, but there are some. But um, um but uh I think above and beyond that um the question is, is mind or is consciousness causal right that's that's the question does it have causal efficacy? Does it change things in the world so, well, that's certainly how we live our lives. We live our lives as if our thoughts matter hmm? And matter doesn't matter unless we think about it, mm-hmm. but that our thoughts matter. Um, and if you want to say that they don't, that would be materialism. They don't, they don't matter. They don't have any influence on the world and so forth. You, you, you really, you're really doing a talk that is absolutely impossible to walk. If you can't walk it, how good of the talk is it? Mm-hmm. No one can walk the talk of materialism as a philosophy. It is impossible. Mm-hmm. In, in that philosophy, nothing. If you want to get down to the bare facts, nothing matters. It doesn't matter if you kill someone on the street, or or you you, you 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 feed hungry children on Christmas Day. The acts are equally just just the movements of of matter. Anything other than that, just some human idea, convention, and it's all in the mind, which is just matter anyway. So. <laughs> Nobody can live like this. No, it's impossible. so what is the what's the value of such a such a philosophy and and, and meanwhile, we we have other more beautiful ways of looking at things, and we have a process, a means to realize that uh, that there is something immaterial, a self hmm? and that it does have an impact on the world. and we see it in the mystics, and objectively we see that they have conquered their humanness, which is supernatural. They've harnessed their mind, their senses. That's supernatural. Try it. It's not easy. It's miraculous. So that's external observable evidence, which lends credence to their reporting as to the nature of their experience, what the Atma is, what the mind is. Well, who do you want to listen to about what the mind is? Hmm. You want to listen to yourself. You want to listen to a psychologist, maybe on some level. How it works, how it might not work, how it might work better, but what it is. So you want to go to science and philosophy in a modern world, the the prominent default perspective is it's just a brain. Hmm? These are people who have investigated this, no doubt, but they have no control over their own mind. Or would you rather listen to somebody like Vyas, who in samadhi, with a completely controlled mind, had the experience of himself and, and Krishna? I mean, it, it, if someone can control their mind, that's objective. And it's the, the extension of that would be they can control their senses, harness all their humanity. Maybe that person is reporting it's worth listening to. Hmm? And then, yes, mind and consciousness has causal efficacy in the world, but it can't be traced out in the way that other physical influences can be traced out because of the nature of it. Hmm? What well, to speak of influencing it. We say that consciousness is when is, is, we have a reverse idea. I mean, you know, you go to Ber- Berkeley, for example. What did he say? Oh, I think he was the one who said, "If the if the if the tree falls in the forest and nobody sees it, you know, did it happen?" Extreme idealism. Hmm? So we want to reverse the thing. Extreme materialism. To you know, then you go to extreme idealism. Then you know, you could say, "How could matter influence?" The- you know consciousness. Now we're not extreme idealists. We say that matter exists. There is something called matter, but it's Maya. Uh, it's it's not what it looks like. It's different. And and to try to capture it that is is Maya. Uh, whole act of trying to measure it and bring it within the your 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 grasp. That's impossible. Mm-hmm. That's what it is it's it's you want to talk about it in quantum terms it's it's a it's potentialities that are activated by the observer by consciousness mm-hmm. so uh, you know um I think one of the ways the directions in which modern philosophy at uh, dealing with this problem has gone is towards um What's his name? The Australian philosopher who who coined the phrase "the hard problem" of consciousness. The hard problem, which is the problem we're we're, we're talking about how how can there how can there how can there be experience in a non-experiential thing? The hmm? hmm. uh, 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 h- direction he's gone in is to say. There seems to be another category of matter called mind, which we agree with. Of course, you now we want to go further, right? Um, I'll, uh, the, 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 you know, I mean, there's just lots of arguments out there um, uh, contrary to this, better than, than the ones I'm giving, I suppose, or, or in, more in their own language, you know, scientific speak, and so forth. But I like the the, the the mind experiment of Mary's room. Mary was put in a room hmm, and isolated in the room, born in the room. And um, they wanted to give her the uh, understanding of, of, of red. So they they revealed to her all of the physical properties of red. Hmm? There are physical properties to the color red, right, as there aren't any other color. All the physical properties. So she knew because red is like everything else is just physical. She should have known everything about red. Mm -hmm. But then she goes out of the room and sees red. And it's completely different than all the physical. She has the experience of red. And so she has some knowledge that's of what red is like by experience that is not there in the room. It can't be found all the physical properties absorbed, taken in and so forth. Mm-hmm. This is a mind, uh, you know, experiment that seeks to say there's something more um, than the physical. And it's mysterious comparatively. Um, and uh, you, you, you want to measure it, but, you know, it's the ruler. It does the measuring. So it's a you have to have a whole shift in thinking. This kind of thinking: how can matter influence matter, matter? You're not acquainted, we would say, with the nature of mind and consciousness. Therefore, you're asking the question. What else? It's <laughs> crazy. Another
1: another question. Do you want another question? Okay. Yeah. Um, Matthew has a question. Um, he is not able to ask it himself, so I'll ask it. Um, let's see. this question is, um, would you please discuss the importance and meaning of Diksha initiation? How important is initiation to progressing through the stages of bhakti? Just a short answer. <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> well, uh you know, the short diksha is it really involves in essence imparting the mantra. So the, the guru imparts the mantra and the mantra is a sound uh representation of the deity. Mm-hmm. And um so through the sound through the syllables um um, he uh, reveals himself um, in the archon, which is the ritualistic uh, realm of bhakti, where the deity of Krishna, for example, is worshipped. Then the mantra that corresponds with the deity is employed in that realm of ritual to bring out the uh For the practitioner, uh, the participant, the reality of the deity's presence there um, is part of the language of the realm of ritual. So it's very um, uh, essential, you know, let's say for that Anga of Bhakti, which is a prominent Anga limb of Bhakti in our uh, school for good reason. But uh, beyond that, uh, as I say... um, um I think that uh in Diksha what occurs is something I referred to earlier that someone of spiritual con- consequence acknowledges us uh and it's not what you know, it's who you know. Hmm? So if someone who has endeared himself or herself to Krishna um uh, it c- it connects with another person, for example, through diksha, then uh, uh the nature, psychologically speaking, of of, of of love is that if you love me, well then you love my dog too, right? Mm-hmm. was ever dear to me mm-hmm. by extent by extension. So, uh, so we want that, uh, that connection. We want that, um, we, we may have it in an informal way, but we want it to be acknowledged at the same time. I mean, it will be there informally, uh, which is the groundwork, so to speak, of, you know, uh, just like, uh, yeah, you, know, you have to fall in love before you get married, oh by at least in the Gandharva marriage. Uh so the, the the connection is there in substance, but it's 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 ratified, if you will, with initiation. But more than that as well, the, the mantra is imparted and then the mantra is central uh to the practice. Um so those are some thoughts on that. Um mm-hmm. And while Krishna is independent of such he could liberate anybody or give praying to anybody, whether they're initiated or not, and his name, for example, is non-different from him, and the mantras consists of his name um, in the in dative case um, rather than in the vocative case, in which we find it in the Hare Krishna non mantra. Um uh, still uh, Krishna himself has established this way uh, by which um, he is to be approached through his devotees, through the guru. So if we are to ignore that in the name of the philosophical fact or theological fact that Krishna doesn't, diksha is not necessary for Krishna to reveal himself if he wants to. hmm? So we say, therefore, why should I get initiated? Hmm? That would be really to misunderstand. It's not why should I get initiated, but I want. How can I not get initiated? Because this person, uh, this Vaishnav, uh, I I must get initiated. I I must have that connection. Is the feeling? Hmm. It's very positive. Um, So if we think, you know, why should I trouble myself with that? We, you know, obviously we have the groundwork hasn't been laid. We haven't fallen in love yet, or our faith hasn't been captured yet. Our heart hasn't been captured. Guru speaks such that, that, that what we, we feel like, hey, that's what I think. I feel like, yeah, I, I mean, yeah, it's there, but I couldn't say it. <laughs> but he's saying it, she's saying it, and so it's, 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 it's one, we're one. It's, uh, so he is, she is the Guru, the God, who's already in the heart, coming outside. So. So, um, but so we don't understand all that, and then, of course you you do understand that, but some people don't, and they think, well, you know, well, I, I don't need the guru. Then to avoid that, look at it from the opposite side. Well, yeah, then, then you will be an offender to the name because Krishna says, well, it, it, to 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 disregard the guru is one of the offenses to the name, and the mantras made up of the names. So if you think I avoid that, then, 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 then you can chant the mantra, you can go find it in the book or whatever, but you're not going to, it's not going to be fruitful. Hmm? Um, so, um, so looking at it the opposite way, what's the downside of not getting initiated? And then the upside is it's very, um, positive. And I mean, when I say I'm experience, there's nothing I could have done that would have been more significant important in my, in my life than that and i i know i read some of probably little books and i tried to read it but i couldn't read it but i liked the krishna book a lot mm-hmm. that i could read before i got initiated Now i was giving classes from it to friends of mine and so forth but to me it just like every at every page it was telling me you, you got to find the, you know you got to meet the guru you got to meet the Guru. Mm-hmm. That was everything I have some some initiative so i hope to pass that on to you also Matthew Your sincere uh, student, and I look forward to meeting you personally. go Bremen and he so, says
1: uh, thank you he says thank you an inspiring answer.
0: I know there's more questions, but we're going a little over time, so we'll end for the day, for the moment, and hopefully meet again in this
1: in, next Sunday. Thank you so much, Guru Maharaj. Okay. Divine Grace, yes, Bhaktivedanta yes. Swami, Guru Maharaj Ki Jai. Jai. Hari So, um, just stay on for just um, a minute longer um, online, just so <clears throat> I think I hope there's not so much confusion about the classes, but um, <laughs> there is no Top of the Day classes this week. Um, and I'm just gonna give you um through Friday because that's all that was sent out and I can't get onto the Facebook right now To But if you go on Sri Chaitanya Sangha page, the whole calendar for till the end of the month and through Guru Maharaj's stay, all the classes are listed. So tomorrow, um, well, gumaraj is giving classes on Brahma Vimohan, Vila, and Pamenva Swami is giving classes on Vainu Gita. So they're not every day. That's why you have to check the calendar. Um, tomorrow, there is no class from Swami from Guru Maharaj, um, but there will be a class that, from um, Pamenva Swami, which is, at 7.30 Eastern Standard Time. Um, And then on Tuesday, they're both giving class. Um, Guru is giving class at 12.30 and Pamanavaswami is giving class at 7.30 Eastern Standard Time. Um, Wednesday, Guru is giving class 12.30 in the morning um, Eastern Standard Time and and no class for Pamanavaswami. Um, Thursday, they're both giving class 12:30 and 7:30, and Friday, um, they're both giving class. But Friday's class will be at 12:30, and it will be a, um, specifically for um, Gurmaj will be talking about the Tirubhav of Sri Uddhara Datta, and the and Swami is giving class. Uh, Q&A at 7.30 that night, so a little different um, subject matter. So that's through Friday, um, so please go in. I hope all of you have Facebook, um, and you can check the schedule to get more details. So um, thank you very much for all of your participation. And if you know anyone that might be confused about you know, what's going on, you can maybe help them out, because I do notice people getting on to the calls at all interesting times of the day, trying to find something, so. Jai, Hare Krishna, Hare